That there are so many studies that show the the you know the mind body connection, and how that plays an integral part towards either your healing or not healing. Welcome to the What Up Doc University podcast, your number one resource for total body wellness. Here's your host, Doctor Mike. Aloha, this is Doctor Mike. What Up Doc University podcast and Velocity Wellness Center. Another one in the car this morning. And uh, wanted to first thank everybody for the likes and shares on the podcast. We've been uh, getting amazing viewership. Viewership. Why am I saying viewership? Listenership uh, on the podcast. Uh, and uh, gr- good feedback. You know, a lot of you guys have been sending me in, sending, uh, in questions and asking questions and uh, saying Hey, thanks for the information. So uh, shout out to all you guys who are participating. And because uh, it's great, you know, whenever I get uh, participation in uh, with the podcast, because it's, you know, it's kind of like a conversation. You know, if you're just having a conversation by yourself, it gets kind of lonesome after a while. Um, so at least I know that I'm not just speaking into the microphone and talking to myself. So anything, anyways, with that said, um, one of the things that I've been thinking about over the last week or so and uh, one of the biggest questions I get from patients is hey doc what do I do when I get a devastating diagnosis you know you've had all these symptoms you went in you got some tests done and then here comes your medical doctor walking in with his white coat and maybe he got labs in his in his clipboard and he sits down and he says uh, Mrs. Jones, you have XYZ diagnosis and um, it, it, it strikes fear, you know, in your heart. So what I wanted to talk today about is, well, what do you do in that situation? And I need to go back uh, and really look at, well, why why are we scared of a devastating diagnosis and what constitute a, a devastating diagnosis and ultimately it goes back down to your your psyche you know what's going on within the the realms of your brain and what and how well, I should say well, how you react to what is being told to you is ultimately dependent upon the information you've been fed right so if there is no context for something you don't react to it, right? Like if you if you tell a, a four-year-old, hey, guess what? You have cancer. They're going to look at you with a blank stare and it's not going to affect them uh, on a conscious and subconscious level because there's no frame of reference, right? So when we get a devastating diagnosis, the reason why we feel something is because we've been told that it's devastating, okay? And you can look, look at this uh, across cultures, you know, if, if there's no, if there's no word or description for something, it doesn't affect people on an emotional level. So, first things first is you have to ask yourself, well, why am I feeling this way? Why do I have such an adverse emotional response to what I've been told? 
right? I, I've been told that I'm, I'm, I have XYZ disease. Why do I feel this way? Who told me that this is devastating? And why do I believe that? Right? And the reason why I always start with this is that there are so many studies that show the, the, you know, the mind-body connection and how that plays an integral part towards either your healing or not healing. You know, and, and you know, people call this the placebo effect and the, you know, with with the positive reaction to, of the mind or the nocebo effect of the negative reaction of the body to what's been told in a negative sense. So we have to look at the psyche, guys. Okay? That, that's the first place we got to start with. <laughs> now, once we kind of wrap our, <laughs> our proverbial heads around the idea and the, the, the information that was told to us, you know, we have to start asking ourselves, well, what's the truth? Okay. And the truth of the matter is that we are scared for the wrong reasons. Right, because I, I've asked numerous patients. Well, you've been given this di- diagnosis, and why are you so scared about it? And they always come back with the answer of, "I'm a, I'm afraid of dying." And I says, "Well, that's that's you know an erroneous erroneous thought pattern. You know, you can't be scared of dying because uh, you're gonna die. The mere fact of you being born." means that you're going to die. So it's inevitable. So we can't ever fear the inevitable. And it's, and it's actually a false fear. As humans, we are only born in, you know, inborn with two fears innately programmed into our nervous system, which is the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. And fear of death is something that we've learned. And so if we look at it from a standpoint of what do we actually fear? What are we really afraid of? It's not death. It's actually the suffering that surrounds it, whether it's a physical suffering or an emotional suffering. And that's what we really need to take into account. Okay? We don't want to suffer. And we've probably been told that the devastating diagnosis has some type of suffering involved with it. You know, whether it would be the pain and suffering of the actual disease process or the treatment itself. Um, So we start start thinking about all these things, which then will ultimately do us more harm than good, which is is built upon what we've been told, right? We've we've been given these images of, you know, let's take uh, cancer, for example, we've been given these images of, well, okay, if I get the diagnosis of cancer, ultimately, um, I'm going to die, and the treatment process is going to be very painful because I have images of people being on chemotherapy and losing their hair and vomiting and all these things. This is what we've been painted in our minds. Okay, so we ultimately will will actually think ourselves into a disease process, right? So if we look at the, the mind-body connection, right? Right now, uh, if you're driving a car or running or whatever, um, 
don't close your eyes, but uh, if you can, if once you get a chance to close your eyes and just start thinking about biting into a nice juicy lemon, okay, you think about the, the, the see see the color of the lemon, smell the lemon, and then it, it visualize yourself just biting into the lemon. And for the majority of you, your your salivary glands actually may start to increase in salivation. Okay. And this is what they started to notice in, you remember uh, Ivan Pavlov when he did that experiment of conditioned responses where he could, uh, he, he would ring a bell and then right after he rang the bell, he would feed the dogs and, and he would notice that the dogs would associate the bell with eating and that they would salivate when they were given the food and that even when they took the food away just by ringing the bell the dogs would still salivate and this this is called a conditioned response we are conditioned according to a stimulus so when we have a devastating diagnosis that's also a conditioned response which will then trigger some type of physiological response right we are conditioned to feel a certain way. We are conditioned to function a certain way with these devastating diagnoses. So now what do we do about this, right? What do we, we've know, we, we, we know we have a, a, a diagnosis that we don't like. So what do we do about it? Okay, first, ultimately we gotta go back to the psyche. We gotta understand, well, what we've been told isn't necessarily the ultimate truth. Okay, so we have to wrap our heads around it. This starts decreasing the, the mind-body response. Secondly, you know, you go back to uh, the other previous episode where I talk about always get a second opinion. You always got to get a second opinion, not necessarily because you want the diagnosis to change, but to make sure that you've covered all your bases. Right? Maybe the, something has been overlooked. Maybe the diagnosis that you were given was not the proper one. Or maybe the treatment plan that was recommended according to the diagnosis. Maybe you want something else. Right? And, and you know, a case in point is I've been, I was listening to an interview with, with Tony Robbins. And he was talking about um, a, he was given a diagnosis of you know, having a spinal stenosis. And he was given a bleak prognosis of, you know, his doc saying, well, you'll be paralyzed and, you know, you will have a lower quality of life. And he didn't take that as the be all and end all. So what he did was he searched around. He, he looked around for, well, maybe there may be another option. And ultimately, he did find another option. And you guys know well and good. I mean, Tony Robbins is jumping around on stage, you know, for 15 hours every single day, you know, during his seminars. He's not paralyzed. Same thing goes for you is you need to exhaust the resources. Don't just take that initial diagnosis and treatment plan as the be all and end all. That's one of the big things that I that I see patients, uh, their downfall is that they ultimately take the recommendation that they were first given without exhausting all the other resources. I'm not saying that that initial diagnosis and treatment plan is wrong. But what I'm saying is look for the least invasive approach moving towards the most invasive okay because if you end up with some type of very strong pharmaceutical or uh, surgery those things often leave irreversible damage which will ultimately give you other complications that you will have to deal with 
Okay, so start with getting a, you know a, a, a second opinion. Now, like I said, always move from uh, the least invasive to most invasive. You know, ask: Is there dietary regimes that I can take part in? What types of exercises or lifestyle changes can I make to help you know reverse this? If your doctor says that diet and lifestyle plays no role in this, you need to find another doctor. That that's just you know me being blunt there. That means that your doctor has really has no knowledge and ultimately doesn't have your best interest in his you know in mind here. He has his best interest ultimately. Okay, so it, it, you have to be able to look at what types of things can you do because I can guarantee you. Very, you know, a short of you know you having a severed tendon or uh, an, an acute heart attack. Uh, there, there are things that you can do non-invasively to help your body. So you gotta start there. Then, once you have decided and all of these things start to make sense and you've gathered as much information as possible, then make a plan. Have somebody on your on your side. You know, you need some type of healthcare professional to work alongside you, to guide you along the way. You need another set of eyes. Okay, There's, you you are the pilot of your plane, but you also need a co-pilot just in case there are things that you don't see and that you need help with. This is what I always recommend. But also make sure that the co-pilot has the same vision as you. There's nothing worse than you flying on on a plane and your co-pilot wants to go to. Brazil, and you are in a destination to go to China, right? If you guys have two different visions, then it's going to be a very difficult and bumpy road. So you got to make sure that the, your co-pilot has the same type of vision as you have. Now, once you have your plan in place, once you have your co-pilot in place, then it's your job to take action, and this is consistent action. Okay. You gotta take that consistent action, and always, always be checking your bearings. Okay? You gotta make sure that you know the plan that you put into place is getting you to where you need to go. What does that mean? Well, let's look at some of the, you know, there there are some lab tests that you can do. Okay, I won't get into the nitty gritty of it of it all, but you know, maybe just, uh, starting with the lab test that. You know, you uh, you took in order to get you to this diagnosis. Okay, let's start there. Then start looking at other types of functional tests. Okay, making sure that you you are dotting all your I's and crossing all your T's there. Okay, and then just you know track how how do you feel. You know, I know that there are some. In some cases, you won't necessarily feel anything, but I can guarantee that the majority of the illnesses that are, you know, we're plagued with in modern day, it's usually signs of fatigue. It's usually signs of uh, pain. It's usually signs of uh, having um, bodily distortions, whether it's abdominal fat deposition or thigh fat deposition or something like that. Use these markers. To chart your progress, and but you know, note that in in the course of it all, there may be turbulence. Right? There's turbulence always, uh, you know, on on plane flights, no matter what. You know, 
whether it's in takeoff, landing, or mid-flight. There's always some type of turbulence, and that's there's some, there's always something to attribute that to. Um, usually, it's maybe it's a detoxification process, or maybe it's your your body not um, agreeing with the treatment process itself. There's that's why you need the the co-pilot there. Your co-pilot's going to tell you, well, this turbulence is being caused by X, Y, Z. Okay. Sorry, I'm getting off the I'm getting off the freeway now. Um, yeah, this episode is going to be a little bit longer because I'm kind of passionate about this. You know, uh, when you get this devastating, devastating diagnosis, because I see too many people take the wrong turns and end up in, in places that they don't need to be. Okay, so you got you 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 track your progress, but you got to know that the journey along the way is going to take some time. A lot of people expect, well, I, I've started on this journey and it's been three weeks or it's been a month or two months and I haven't seen anything yet. I can guarantee you that you're not going to see that many drastic changes because it takes the body time to detoxify. It takes the time, the body time to repair and, and get cellular turnover. So you need to give the body time okay? and, and, and note that when you are doing things to actually enhance the body's ability to repair, detoxify, and rejuvenate itself, you are in the right direction, but it does take time. So you got to be patient. Just like if you're going from LA to China, you're not going to be in China in the first two hours of the flight. But you're on your way. You also got to check, are you actually on route to China? All right. Maybe your co-pilot is saying, oh, let's go to Brazil. No, you got to make sure that you are going in the right direction. Okay? So now you are, um, you, you, you got to stay consistent. And then the biggest, biggest thing, guys, that I see is stop dabbling. And I go back to the analogy of flying. Right? If you're on your way to China, you can't all you can't just keep changing courses and, and say, well, maybe today I want to go to Australia. And then you change course and, and, and on your way to Australia, you're like, I want to go to Alaska. You'll never get anywhere in dabbling. So what I mean by this is once you've chosen your course of action and you know that this course of action is going to get you to where you need to go. And the, here's here's a hint, guys. Most courses of action that you're going to take is going to get you somewhere. It's all according to what your goals are in your, you know, with, with this um, diagnosis that you got. Do you want to be symptom free or do you want to be healthy? There's two different things. So you got to determine and decide that. Okay. Now you got to stop dabbling. I see too many patients that they dabble. They say, hey, I'm going to try. I'm going to try your way, doc. And I also, uh, I want to try what my medical doctor has given. And I want to try this and I try that. Trying all of these different things won't get you anywhere. And I've seen this too many times. Patients dabbling in specific uh, or, or not being specific, I should say. And they never get results and they never get up, never get anywhere. And they ultimately end up suffering. And it all goes back to what, guys? The first step that I told you about, your psyche. Because of the fear of suffering, what you start doing is you start looking for all of these 
uh, quick fixes because you don't want to suffer. Because you've been told that you're suffering and you don't understand the process of it all. So the whole goal of, the, of, of these podcasts is to give you the information to deprogram, one, and to help empower you to make the correct decisions so that you can understand. Because the more you understand your body and how it works, the less suffering you'll go through. Okay, So that that's pretty much what I recommend in a nutshell of what to do when you get a devastating diagnosis. Okay? Hope that was helpful. Um, if you got any questions, hit me up on uh, Instagram or, or Twitter. Uh, my handles are Dr. Mike Okouchi, Dr. Mike O-K-O-U-C-H-I. Uh, tag me or message me and hit me back with your questions. Uh, appreciate the uh, shares and appreciate the, the uh, reviews on iTunes. And if you feel so, uh, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And um, hopefully uh, you guys can take this information either for yourself or friend or family member. Share this with them if they need it. But this is Dr. Mike from What Up Doc University Podcast and Velocity Wellness Center signing off saying be well and aloha.